Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 12 of Charmed. Wrestling with Demons. I don't want to say this is a rough one. It's... Uh, well, can I say what I said when we watched it? Yes, go, go, go for it. This this is what happens when you have to fill 22 episode orders. The thing is, there are so many things that are happening in this episode, and there are so many things that I think are, if not good, then at least good adjacent. There are, like, a lot of pieces here that you feel like could be separated out and fleshed out into their own episodes. Well, the whole, uh, the Demon Academy thing, Ron, I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes in with the Demon Academy thing, but the whole uplifting humans into demons, which feels like it probably shouldn't be part of the Demon Academy, or why is the Academy only picking, like, adult people? Does an Academy kind of, or is it like a military Academy thing? But Why, why is the only thing we see of the Academy the wrestling arena? Like, all of the wrestling stuff could be its own episode. And honestly, the spell that they cast, I, I don't even want oh to say God. to facilitate, but... The, the finding finding things that are that have been lost. That's like, its own episode. Oh, that could have been an amazing episode. But I kind of think this is the opposite. They took, like, three or four different plots that they hadn't been able to flesh out and threw them all into one episode so that they could, you know, fill their order. Also, this is cross-promotion with a wrestling company. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think a currently funked wrestling company. I, I, I wouldn't know. Um, so my sole knowledge of wrestling comes from when I was in college, I was friends with this guy mm -hmm. who was way, way into wrestling. And actually, um, women wrestling was one of his, like... turn-ons yeah. yeah and before i knew that he had a video game like a wwe video game that had like this intense character creation so he was showing it to me and he was like look how look how cool the character creation is and like he helped me create a character that looked just like me and i was like oh that's pretty awesome and then later i came over and i saw that the character i had created was now in her underwear and was wrestling the character that looked just like his girlfriend, who was also in her underwear. That is my experience with wrestling, with professional wrestling. My experiences have been a little less, uh, personal. <laughs> I, uh, I was in middle school at a point where wrestling was getting pretty big. Uh, a lot of my friends were into it. I never really got into it. It's weird. It's got a lot of things that should work for me, you know. Right, it's basically like soap operas with dance, like... That's exciting. Yeah, it's it's soap operas. It's I was gonna say partial nudity, but pretty close to total nudity. It it just it's I don't know. Professional wrestling never clicked for me. I had friends who were into it when I was a kid, and I never got into it. I have friends as an adult who are into it, and it's just I I'm not judging. I'm a comic book guy, but it, I I don't personally see the appeal. I I liked the TV show Glow. Did we finish Glow? No, nah, I kind of tapered off at the end there. I liked the part of it we watched. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, this is an episode that has some professional wrestlers. We could probably have told you more about that if we did research. But we didn't! Yeah, it's not, that's not, that, we're not, we're not living that, looking up old wrestlers' life right now. I think one of them's named Buff Bagwell. That's kind of neat. That's a fun name, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> it sounds like... 
It sounds like a jock hobbit. <laughs> oh my god, it does. <laughs> Alright, so the episode opens with Daryl! Yes, Daryl has taken a man in for his own good, which is not a sentence you really want to hear, but someone has been killing people who are in the newspaper for doing good stuff. Is this one of those, like, sections of the newspaper that don't exist anymore because newspapers aren't really a thing? I'm pretty sure the metro section still exists. It's like the kind of local city, like, not really fluff pieces, but like... Local interest? Yes, local interest. I kind of assumed that most newspapers got eaten up by giant conglomerates and they're all just, you know, USA Today-ish graphs and such. Well, I mean, they did, but they still do a metro section. Like, in my hometown, newspaper was bought by the New York Times years and years ago, but there's still a local interest section. Mm. So, and and it doesn't advertise that it's a New York Times newspaper. You wouldn't know it unless you, like, looked at the corporate structure of Sarasota Herald Tribune. Belongs to the gray lady now. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, I still, I'm not super keen on Daryl, like, bringing this guy in for protective custody, though. It's like, I, I feel like, I feel like, if people are murdering people who appear in the metro section, that maybe there's solutions besides hauling people into a police station, especially a, a person who is, you know, of, of Asian descent and, and not... I don't, I don't like it. It's not a good look. So, I wonder how many regular murders happen in San Francisco in, like... Well, I mean, the question is, um, TV San Francisco or real San Francisco? Because, like, in TV, murder... Uh, there are multiple murders every week, but that's not reality. Oh, but we... we pan away from the interrogation room also like you bring someone into protective custody and then you like force them to sit in the interrogate like this whole thing just does not it just rubs me the wrong way i kind of thought protective custody was usually like a hotel room or a motel room where you've just got like a couple of cops hanging out i granted this is not something i'm overtly familiar with but I mean, honestly, I don't really think protective custody is a thing. Uh. Like, maybe they would have sent a squad car down to drive past his house. Maybe. But then we see that the reason Daryl did this is because the sisters showed up and were like, Hey, Daryl, do you think you could extrajudicially haul some guy in for us? Okay, Daryl has to have a fantastic close rate outside of everything he does with the sisters because I feel like the Force gives him a lot of leeway. Well, again, in the real world, yes, police. close rates are abysmal. Like, that's that's not what the police are for. What's going on with, uh, with Phoebe's, Phoebe's hair? hair? Oh, my God. The whole episode, I think it's because later she, after she casts the finding stuff spell, one of the things she finds is her uh, brunette hair. So they put some, like, weird fake uh, dye on it or something. Oh, you're right. But, yeah, it looks like it really messed up her hair. And they have her, like, in a beanie covering most of it. Yeah, I... It seems... Uh, maybe they didn't know how badly it would mess up her hair, but... Yeah, her hair looks rough. It's like she tried to do, uh, crimping, but failed. Oh, they're, like, curls. 
but yeah, they they don't look good. Well, they're not like intentional curls though, or not like natural curls. It's oh no no, but it it looks like she she like sloppily and inexpertly used a curling iron. Yeah yeah, I, the general thing I get from it is someone has tried to do something to their hair and not done it successfully. Yeah. But yes, uh, apparently they there's a thing where. They were. Did Phoebe have a premonition or? Yeah, Phoebe had a premonition. So that's what they. So that's why they brought the guy in, and um, Daryl's like, okay, well, he doesn't want to stay. I can't make him stay. And Piper's like, you can't just throw him in a cell and lock him up for his own good. Bad, bad attitude, Piper. Bad Um, attitude. And then some more victim blaming. They decide to follow him around to make sure he stays safe. And he goes into an alleyway because he works at, like, a restaurant and he's taking trash out to the back alley. And Prue's like, ugh, innocents wandering into alleys. Will they ever learn? Jesus Christ, Prue. Like, sometimes people need to go through alleys. I mean, personally, I haven't had to do it a ton, but I'd imagine it's a fairly common thing for a lot of people. Also, it's not like he's cutting through an alley. He's bringing trash to the dumpster in the alley in the restaurant where he works. Oh, yeah, he was in the newspaper because he's a good Samaritan. Good Samaritans have been being murdered. It's not just anyone on the cover of the Metro section. But he gets attacked by some guy, and Prue's like, Ha ha, witch foo! And she's about to witch murder the guy when... (gasps) It's... Well, someone she recognizes, but... Yeah, we don't know who he is, but she hesitates because it's one of her ex-boyfriends, as she tells Daryl. Yeah, she's like, I dated that demon, which... We're, we're... Prue, you've... Well, maybe not Prue specifically, but the sisters together. You've dated a bunch of demons. You gotta gotta suck it up and and vanquish them. Honestly, I think Prue's probably dated the least demons. She uh, she dated that assassin guy, but he was human. Mm -hmm. And she made flirty eyes with that warlock priest, but then he took the priesthood to not have to be a warlock, so... Yes, that's true. But... This is yet another one of Prue's one-shot, one-episode kind of love interests. Also, I do have to call out my own hypocrisy, telling Prue to just suck it up and vanquish the demon, when in fact I am completely on Phoebe's side, because her ongoing turmoil right now is that she didn't vanquish Call. It's weird, a bunch of very important plot stuff happens in this episode, but it's all kind of just tucked in the back. Like, this is the episode where the sisters find out about Phoebe's betrayal, and that's not the main plot of the episode. Yeah, that's a real problem. But also, I I know, we're way too far into the show to talk about Roger. When did Prue date this guy? Because she's like, I dated him in college, was it? Yeah, yeah. But, like, we know that Phoebe, I guess she could have dated him freshman year, because we know the reason that she, uh... We know the reason that she and Phoebe fell out is because Phoebe, well, her fiancé claimed that he slept with her. Right. And Which, why would you do that? Yeah, and we, we... know it was a lie. Yeah, yeah, and Phoebe ran away from uh, San Francisco after that. We're assuming she was, like, 18-ish, because we know she spent a couple of years in New York, and she was barely 21 when she got back. Yeah, that was right, so that was right after high school, yeah. I assume. So, yeah, so when she's 18, she ran off. And, but that's, how, how much younger than Prue is Phoebe? That's a really good question. I feel like 
she's supposed to be about five years younger than Yeah, Pro. I was going to say, she's at least four years younger, so that gives Prue plenty of time to date a guy in college and still hook up with Roger later and mm. have Phoebe not have sex with him. Okay, never mind. Timeline syncs up. Although now, now I'm thinking about it, and like... She thought her fiancé had sex with her barely legal, if that, sister, and she blamed her sister? Prue's got some... Prue's got some pretty serious issues. I, I, again, we, we've moved so far away from this, but I really wish they did more with Phoebe's bad past. We had a lot of... Not a lot, but we had some of that in the beginning. But we get the impression early on that Phoebe, she was the black sheep, she was the one who was always getting into fights with Graham, and she was pushing back against Prue's authority. Mm-hmm. And, I, I don't know, it feels like we've lost a lot of early Phoebe by this point. Which is a real shame, because Phoebe is the character that they're really going to explore her dark side, right? Mm-hmm. She literally becomes the queen of hell. And we've already kind of delved into the idea that the her past life was evil like it would be really interesting to kind of explore dark side phoebe in this lifetime but yeah we we don't get that it's it's i think the frustrating thing about charmed is that there are all of these plots that could tie together in an interesting way but charmed just leaves them out there dangling untied up and on one hand i get it it's been like three years that was the plot in the pilot, and that was, you know, her season one thing, and now she's, you know, she's back together with your sister, she's got her life on track, blah, 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 but, like, that sort of tension doesn't really go away, and I feel like this would be a good thing to kind of bring back now that she is more kind of, I don't want to say dancing with the devil, because that's... Literally dancing with the source of all evil. He's not that yet, he's just a regular demon at this have you, point. Have you ever danced with the source of evil in the pale moonlight? But... It would be good for this to dredge up some old issues. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we don't need, it doesn't need to be like an ongoing thing where she's still like the bad girl, but it would be interesting to reflect on that and, and the way that that informs her behavior now towards Cole. Of course, that also kind of relies on Prue having a more consistent personality, which she really doesn't. Like, suddenly at the end of season two, when she was a teenager, she was a rebel who liked bad boys oh my god and then like i mean and there was the whole thing where suddenly oh she was secretly always wanted to be a photographer which it feels like they've almost entirely dropped at this point well it's gonna come back actually next week because next week is death takes a hollowell and i remember that has a photography plot a subplot if 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 i'm remembering the episode correctly i'm I'm almost certain it has a photography subplot anyway (laughs) So, back in the house, we're establishing some weird stuff about Piper, like that she babbles when she's nervous and she overwaters plants. And do you think either one of these things would be relevant to the episode? But they're really not. No, although this is relevant to Piper, because what we're establishing is that when she's nervous or upset or anxious, she has a caretaking streak that just smothers the thing that she's trying to care for. I feel like that's pretty consistently Piper. Hmm. But, yeah, Prue has whipped out her old yearbook, and she's like, the uh, guy we saw attacking the guy in the alley was my old boyfriend, Tom Peters, 
he used to be a sports guy. And Daryl's like, oh, as a man, I know all sports guys. I'm aware that he used to play football in college, but then he something, something, injury, mysteriously vanished. He injured his knee. He got into gambling debts. And then he vanished. Hmm. Yeah. And then he became Booster Gold, because that's basically Booster Gold's backstory. Well, I mean, it happens a lot. Football is is terrible on your body. Hmm. Although Booster Gold's thing was that he uh, he bet on his football games. and he, you know, oh, oh. Which I guess is sort of a different plot. So, by the way, uh, I mean, I know we already established that the timeline does in fact work, but when Prue was a teenager, she was a rebel who was attracted to bad boys and also the captain of the football team. Ah, but this is in college. High school Prue was attracted to bad boys. College Prue was attracted to, uh... Captains of football teams? (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) So, Leo orbs in, and Piper's like, What's going on? You look nervous. I smell fear, Leo. What's going on? And Leo's like, I'm so sorry, but... I lost the wedding ring I was gonna give you, and Piper is so mad, and... It's good that it's their mom's wedding ring and not, you know, Grams's because Grams's is cursed to make you into a uh, 50s sitcom wife. Yes, which, by the way, I think I'm going to really enjoy when we get to that episode. Um, but everyone calm down. He's an angel. He's a literal guardian angel. He'll find the ring. Also, you are witches. I I mean, I, I, I appreciate the hijinks aside... They're just like, look, we can just use magic to find stuff. Um, I guess personal gain doesn't include that. It's a wedding. Like. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even point it out because the personal gain rules are so obnoxious to begin with. I shouldn't even bring it up when they ignore it because the whole show is better when they ignore that rule. So they ask Leo, they're like, hey, Leo, we saw this guy who Prue used to know, and he used to be, like, a regular human dude, but now it kind of looks like he's turning into a demon. Is that a thing that can happen? And Leo's like, I mean, yeah, that's that's generally the thing with warlocks, right? That they used to be humans. Right? But, no, this is different, because he's turning into a demon, and demons are different than warlocks. So Prue's gonna go talk to Tom Peters' mom and figure out what's going on, and she's like, um, while I do that, why don't you remember that you're witches and just cast a spell to find the ring? Hmm. And then we cut to the office of the administrative demon of the Academy slash wrestling ring. And I just want to bring up that Tom Peters is wearing leather pants, a oversized red shirt, and a black trench coat. He's wearing Spike's uniform. God. I thought you were going to say he was dressed for the occasion. Oh, well, I mean, I, you know, he's the, like, bad boy who maybe can actually be good if, like, this witch loves him enough. I I don't know. So he walks into the room as the headmaster of the school, Ron Perlman, who normally we would save this for premonitions, but come on, it's Ron Perlman. I don't even remember his character's name. I think it was Ron Perlman? (laughs) Um, by the way, oh, you know what, I'm gonna save this for my time freeze. All right. I just... And he walks in on Ron Perlman yelling at another guy in this demon uplifting program who is not on the proper enough track to become a demon. He has not murdered his... Share of innocence. 
Okay, so this kind of implies that Tom has murdered, like, six people, right? That is correct. Because that really doesn't feel like it comes back at any point later in the episode. Yeah, I know. Um, although, you know, Charmed isn't Buffy. Apparently you can kill a bunch of people and Buffy won't, like, yell at you until you become evil and work with the mayor. So... Just to, like, explain what's going on with this Demon Academy, because it's so weird. Because we, we talked about how it's both a Demon Academy and a wrestling ring, but also there's this, like, kind of organized crime aspect where the demons find likely candidates and then they do things like take care of their gambling debts or whatever they did for this guy, which is unclear. I like how he is, th this is basically the, like, guy who the bad stuff happens to to establish what the stakes are for everyone else. Uh-huh. And Ron Perlman's like, as you know, our organization finds desperate people who are willing to make deals, and we put them through the process to become demons, which includes killing a certain number of innocents. And you haven't killed your certain number of innocents, so I'm going to send you down to the bad place where bad things happen to people, and we'll see exactly what those bad things are later. Demon wrestling. It's, it's demon wrestling, yes. But uh, now that I have used you to establish plot stuff, I'm going to throw you in an evil elevator. We will see you later when we need to establish more plot stuff. I just, I, I feel like there's a lot of steps to make a demon. Like, it seems like a lot of superfluous steps. I was going to say, they really don't trust us to understand this concept because I feel like it gets explained several times throughout the course of the episode because leo mentioned it earlier leo's like oh yeah there's a demon academy where they you know train regular mortal people who are in trouble and you know teach them how to become demons in exchange for fixing whatever problems they have in their regular mortal life this is a thing i know about i'm a white lighter shut up well i mean i think the reason they explain it so many times is because it makes so little sense like Nothing about this says academy. Why is this a demon academy? Yeah, 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 exactly. Why isn't it just, like, a program? I mean, I know that's kind of splitting hairs, but academy... It's not, though. And, and also, like, if you made it kind of like a demon mafia, then the wrestling thing would kind of make sense because you... Organized sports. R right, and, and also, like, the organized crime, organized crime being involved with sports, that's not a stretch. Like, that would all work. I, it's... Honestly, the only thing that's screwing up this particular part of the plot is the word academy. Yeah, it's very odd. It, it puts you in a different frame of mind than I think what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. So, Ron Perlman turns to Prue's love interest guy. What's his face? Robert. Er, Robert. Robert, he's like, hey, so you're like the brightest, shiniest star at the academy, but also you fucked up killing that dude, so you're on thin ice, buster. And, uh... Prue's love interest guy's like, neat, I'm gonna go kill someone so I don't get thrown into an elevator and then wrestled to death by professional wrestling demons. Back at the manor. Back at the manor, Piper's like, Phoebe, did you find a spell to help me find the ring? And Phoebe's like, well, I was kind of concerned about this human who's being turned into a demon. And Piper's like, ah, but the ring! And Leo pulls Phoebe aside and he's like, Hey, Phoebe, are you gonna tell your sisters about the whole Cole thing? And she's like, Leo, I have to fix your mistake before I can fix my mistake. And then she goes and gets a spell she was writing to find Cole. Yep. 
I do like that she's writing a specific spell for this. You, you would think that a Lost Things locator spell would be, like, one of the first things in the Book of Shadows, but... Yeah, it seems like it should be pretty basic. But then again, what is and isn't in the Book of Shadows? Because what is and isn't personal gain? I mean, I just want to throw out there that, like, as as, as somebody who, who, who practiced Wicca in high school... A Lost and Found spell was one of the first spells I wrote. It's, like, the most useful spell. So, later when Paige is a character, could she just use her object teleporting thing to teleport the ring to herself, or does she No, I think she has to know where the ring is in order to teleport it. Okay, she couldn't just be like, ring, and have it appear. Correct. I mean, I'm ready to be proven wrong when she shows up, but I'm fairly certain she has to know where it is. And, like, now I'm speaking as, like, a, a game master, like a role-playing game master. Mm -hmm. That's what I would require for that power to not be, in, you know, objectively overpowered. Paige got kind of screwed over power-wise, didn't she? Because I feel like her stuff is that she's not as powerful as a full witch, and she can't do the things a full white lighter can do. Well, and she can, well, she can heal, so she can, she's well, she got that going for her. She doesn't heal until way later in the show, though, like. Well, I mean, it, she's got to learn her powers just like the, just like the first three sisters did. Also, the real issue is that she can orb things to her instead of you, instead of, like, pulling them through telekinesis, hmm. which means that she can't use it as an offensive spell the way that Prue does. Like, she can't throw things into people or, like, throw people around. Yeah, she can't really use the power as offensively as Prue did, which I guess Piper sort of, since Piper got the explodey power, she became the point person on that. Oh, but yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves, though. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. So Piper's like, oh, you wrote a Finding Things spell? Why? Why would you write that very specific spell? And Phoebe doesn't say the, you know, because I wanted to find stuff. Like, I mean... Well, and you it was specifically written to find a demon and she's going to alter it to be to find the ring. And so I want to point out Piper and Prue cast a spell to find a demon back when they were trying to track down Balthazar earlier. So it's not the weirdest thing in the universe for Phoebe to have this on hand, but well, Piper's first thought is that Phoebe is trying to like find Cole in hell and bring him back from hell, which, you know, feasible. It's not like it's that hard to come back from the dead. If you're a demon. I kind of love the way Phoebe, like, just low-key admits this, where Piper's like, so what was the spell for? And Phoebe's like, it was to find Cole because I didn't actually kill him. All right, let's find that ring! And Piper's like, no, 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 I think we need to talk about this more. And Phoebe's like, She's like, I really don't know what I need to explain to you. I loved him. I couldn't vanquish him. The end. Like. It's not that complicated. And Piper's like, okay, but do, do you know where he is so we can vanquish him now? And Phoebe's like, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to put that part of my life behind me. And Piper's like, no, seriously, though, like, he, he, he's going to come back and try to kill us. We need to take care of this. And Phoebe's like, no, I'm putting this part of my life behind me. Phoebe's like, look, he's not going to hurt us now. He told me so. Don't you trust me? Just trust me on this, even though I have been lying to you this whole time. So. So, meanwhile, Prue has tracked down Tom's mom 
And she's like, so have you seen Tom in the past, like, you know, 10 years or so? And his mom's like, not really, but I have faith that he's out there and he's taking care of what needs to be taken care of. I love my son and I don't believe that he could ever do anything wrong. And I Pru's love like, my dead demon son. God. And Prue's like, well, that's enough of an establishing moment for you. I'm going to go back to the house. So I want to point out that in Robert's bedroom... Apparently he was a jock, right? Because he was captain of the football team. Mm -hmm. But he also has a bunch of starship models from various sci-fi franchises on his shelves. So he was also a massive nerd. I kind of feel like this was a generic room that... Like a generic room set that they borrowed from someone else. Like they just had a setup for teen boy room. Yeah, I don't think they were really thinking it through. But I mean, it would be a neat character noted. If it... If it was intentional. So, Prue goes back to the... It's a really short scene that's just establishing that this guy has a mom who loves him. Well, I mean, that's... That's to give him some motivation to kill all those innocent people, right? It's to protect his mom. Well, and it's so that she can be brought back later and, you know... Because he needs to extinguish the last spark of his humanity by killing his one connection to the human world. (laughs) So... Prue goes back and she's like, wow, I met the most pathetic old lady you could ever, like, she was so sad and she was so delusional. She's like, oh, I think Tom's going to come back any day now. (laughs) I mean, to be fair to Prue, he's been gone for six years. Yes. And she thinks it's sweet. She's not mocking it, although she is kind of being a little, she's a little looking down her nose at this woman. She's like, wow, can you imagine having so little going on that you'd still be hung up on some guy? And she's she's also talking about how she wants to save Robert. And she's like, you know, maybe, maybe he's not completely gone just because he's part demon. And Phoebe's like, interesting. That's an interesting thought you're having. And Piper's like, hmm, hmm, does that remind you of anyone else, Phoebe? Anyone you should maybe talk to Prue about? And Prue's like, are you going to tell me what's going on here? And and Phoebe's like, no. No. And Prue just, Prue just skates on over that. She's like, okay, whatever. So uh, we're going to save my guy. And, uh, and Phoebe's like, Hmm, it's weird. It's weird that you weren't this uh, psyched about saving a part demon, part human when it was Cole, which uh, Prue references the, uh, they reference the uh, warlock who became a priest. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Piper's like, well, that's different. He he was actively fighting against his demon self. Robert, is it Robert? Robert's th- this guy. Yeah. Robert is embracing his demon half and I want to point out, Robert isn't, like, half-demon. He's a guy who's undergoing a program to become a demon. It's not like Cole or the Warlock guy who are both genetically predisposed to evil, because well, that's a thing in this show. He loses a little bit of his humanity in the program every time he kills a human, and he's killed six of the seven humans. No, no, I know, but the difference is the two of them were born into being demons, sure. or in the other guy's case, a warlock. Like, they were born into this. It's different than consciously choosing. Oh, yeah. So, you, I mean, you're saying you're saying he has less ability to be rescued. Yeah. 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 I, but, I mean, granted, Cole's been killing people for, like, a hundred years, but still. Well, but when they talked about him being a part demon, I was really thinking about the uh, humanity 
mechanic in Vampire the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. So, for people who don't know, in Vampire the Masquerade, you have, like, a humanity score. And the lower your humanity score gets, the more mortals around you are like, oh, I think that person might be a vampire. I think that is a Nosferatu, and we should stake them in the heart. Um, and you lose a little bit of humanity every time you either see something horrific or do some, especially if you do something horrific. And when your humanity gets down to zero, you essentially are forced to choose a new path. You choose your vampire path. So that's how I was thinking of his humanity, right? He's like at humanity one now. Because <laughs> he's killed all but the last guy he has to kill. So... So the spell that Piper and Phoebe cast to find lost things has had a bunch of stuff, like, thumping off screen, but we don't see any of the other things yet. We just see the newspaper that gets delivered. It's the morning paper... But everything is is blacked out except for the article about the mayor's press conference so that they can, like... Specifically a picture of the mayor's aide. Yes. Which, if he was just killing whoever was on the front page of the metro section, wouldn't they just be able to figure it out? You would think. You would really, really think. Also, not to, uh... Not, not to discredit ron perlman's demon training program but shouldn't tom's mom have been like either the first or last person he killed because while she is the person he's going to be forced to kill later in the episode originally his seventh person was just whoever showed up on the front page of the metro section it feels like either your first or last kill should be a really significant one um max yeah I think you need to calm down because this is Charmed, not an Anne Rice novel. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're burning the humanity out of someone, shouldn't you be, like, having them kill people who are personally related to them? Yeah, that should I, that should be the last person you make them kill. I, I do agree with that, but... And hell, built up to it, have them kill acquaintances, and then <laughs> friends, and then family. You know, just sever all of those human connections, and hell... Prue could have even been the second to last person on his list. Oh, see, that would have been good. That would have tied things together, and then people would have had motivations to do things. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's not what happened. Um, what does happen is they race to the press conference. He shoots a fireball at the mayor's aide, and Piper freezes it. Prue diverts it, and Prue's like, it's okay, he hasn't killed someone yet. And... Did he just, like, transfer a bunch of credits from regular college? Because he's got, there. you get this, like, raised mark on your arm for each kill, presumably. Yeah. Or each step of the program, and when you have seven, you're a full demon. Mm-hmm, and he's got six right now. So, we were just assuming he killed six people, but I guess maybe he did really good on his demon SATs or whatever, and got a oh, bump yeah, for that. Oh, yeah, he, he clepted it out of killing the first six humans. He just got a bunch of extra credit assignments. He, he, he fed took, Cerberus. He took AP Demon in high school. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no. Uh, I think he did kill people. Also, Prue's all like, oh, it's okay, he didn't kill someone. Prue, he threw a fireball at her. It only didn't hit her because you diverted it. That's still pretty bad, is what I'm saying. Honestly, attempted murder? <laughs> what is that? Oh. Uh, also, when she diverts it, she, she like, blows the tire out of a car that's in that parking lot. And I'm just imagining that person, like, 
They're gonna have a really crappy day. They probably had shit to do. Did you have to throw it into a car, Prue? Time was frozen. You could have put it anywhere. You could have put it on the ground. Just saying. So they drag, they drag Tom's frozen body back to the house. Manor. Robert. Robert. God. Is Tom someone who? I don't know. Just in my head randomly. They they bring Robert's frozen body back to the house and then tie it up, and Prue's like, the Demon Academy. It's in the book, and Phoebe's like, "Okay, why, why is why 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 is that a surprise?" Oh, you know what? You're right. His name is Tom, not Robert. Now I don't know where I got Robert from. Yeah. So, uh, the Book of Shadows tells them about the marks on the arm, about how if you have seven, then that means that you're a full demon. But you know, he's only got five apparently. We've been saying six, but they. They pull up his sleeve and they're like, oh, he's only got five. And Phoebe's like, whatever, let's just nuke him. Let's 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 vanquish this guy. And Prue's like, oh, you were, you know, all hot about not vanquishing Cole. But when it's my boyfriend and Phoebe's like, guy you haven't seen in six years, A. And B, I did, as far as you know, vanquish Cole. And also, I learned from the experience that you vanquish demons before they get the chance to stab you in the back and or impregnate you and make you the queen of hell. Also, see? Cole wanted to be good. Yeah. This the, guy I, wants to be a demon. Yeah, the last, like, 15 seconds, Cole's like, no, I want to be good. I, I changed my mind about murdering you. And I'm going to admit to all of the times that I <laughs> attempted to murder you. Oh, uh, this really reminds me of a much better Buffy scene, as as most things with Charmed do. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Anya becomes a vengeance demon again, and Xander's like, you can't just kill my girlfriend, ex-fiance, whatever she is to me. And Buffy's like, um, I had to kill Angel. Do you remember that? That's what happens. Yeah, you... You cheered me on. You you told me, you gave me Willow's message. Kick his ass. And Willow's like, Wait. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, and then that's not followed up on at all, which, I mean, I get it. Other I stuff feel like in happening. reality it wouldn't have been followed up on. There's a lot happening in season seven. But it's weird that they made it that long without Buffy finding out that, uh... Yeah, that Xander failed to tell Buffy that Willow was mere moments from... Attempting to cast the reinstallment spell. Which, Should we get into this? Because it's good that he didn't do that. He did it for the wrong reasons. He did it because he wanted Buffy to kill his competition for her, like... Yeah. For, for her romantic interest, which is just gross on so many levels. But Willow's spell worked, but after he had already opened the gate to hell and Buffy had to kill him anyway. And if she had gone in there knowing that there was a chance that he would... Oh, get he would have killed her. Like, Yeah, she wouldn't have been fighting at full strength, and he would have killed her. Yeah, uh, stole the words right out of my mouth. Xander did the right thing for the wrong reasons, which mm -hmm. is a lot of Xander, and that's why it's kind of it's kind of hanky that they make him the heart of the team as his role later. Like, come Whatever. on. Whatever. You're just, he didn't have a thing. It's okay to just not have a thing. You don't need to be like, oh, and he's the heart of the team. I mean, the whole thing in the back half of season two is that Buffy slowly has to reach the point where she's ready to kill Angel. Maybe, maybe Phoebe should have gone through some of that. Mm. Maybe they should have spent some episodes on that for Phoebe and then she would have been able to vanquish Cole. 
but they're talking piper's really pushing phoebe to admit the whole cole's not dead thing but phoebe's like you know what no no i learned my lesson so yeah we should kill this guy which did she learn her lesson i mean i guess maybe i don't know i mean that would imply that she thinks she did something wrong i don't think she thinks that at this point i I could see her being like okay i should have just killed cole Mm. or alternatively hey let's not let prue's ex-boyfriend from a million years ago get a free pass just because you know he and prue used to make out forever like this 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 is not an analogous situation they're pushing it as an analogous situation and it's really not no it is not Prue is not... Prue hasn't talked to this guy in almost a decade. Come on. So, let's talk about the Lost Things returning spell, because it's basically making all of the Lost Things return, and this part really could have been fleshed out to a whole episode that would have been awesome. First, uh, their grand's old familiar runs in. A dog. A dog. A dog. A dog comes in. We don't know if it's uh, Grams' familiar it could be. It's a big white dog called Rasputin, which I think is a very Grams thing. Oh, you're right. They don't say it's a familiar. I just assumed that that's why the dog was still alive, because I assume familiars are especially long-lived. Yeah, they, they... Grams died, like, three years ago. Yeah, at the beginning of the series. And, I mean, dogs don't live all that long. Like, we, we don't know when he ran away, but we're assuming it was a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's still fine, so. Yeah. But, uh, Daryl comes in, he's like, so, is that dog a person or something? Or, and Piper's like, no, we can't, we, we did a witch thing, you don't want to know about it. And he's like, you're right, I don't want to know about it. And then the phone rings, and, and Piper answers the phone, and she, uh, she opens a dr- it's an old friend of Prue's, and she opens a drawer to find a pencil to take a message, and every pencil they've ever lost in their entire lives comes spilling out of the drawer. Oof. I love that moment. But she also finds the ring, which, okay, I guess Leo lost the ring in that drawer. That's weird. That is weird. He said he lost it while orbing, probably, which can stuff fall out of your pockets when you orb. Right? I don't know. Is, did did Graham, or uh, Patty's ring, I guess, which I get that it's a connection to your mom, but given how your mom's marriage went, is that really what you want to emulate? Right. But I guess maybe some of Patty's magic rubbed off on it or something, so it's slightly magic resistant or something. Oh, that, see, that would be interesting. Oh. Although, this is a different ring than the ring she gave their dad that protected him from magic, right? The one... Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Back when they had old dad. So, um, Phoebe comes running into the kitchen and her hair changes back to brown because things are coming back at the place where they were lost. And since she dyed her hair in the kitchen, which by the way, she totally would have done it in the bathroom. This was just so that they could make this work. But because she dyed her hair in the kitchen sink, this is now she has found her brown hair. And she's like, I didn't lose it. I, I, I got rid of it intentionally. This shouldn't happen. And then the laundry room door flies open and every sock they've ever lost comes spilling out. I kind of, I really like this part. This, uh, this should have been the A plot of the episode. Honestly, I'd be kind of worried about Andy coming back as some sort of zombie. So I, I don't remember who wrote it, but there was this, um, really great short story I read once. And it was, it was a magical realism story. 
that involved, um, these people were robbed, and they called the police, and when the police came, they had this spray that would help you see where lost things were, so they could find the things that had been stolen from these people's apartment, but the spray, like, brought up all, like, ghost images of all of their old lovers and all of their baggage, and it was a really cool story, and... I don't know, I feel like you could have brought that writer on and loosely adapted that story. It would have been pretty cool. Mm. Like, what if not Andy, but kind of an after image of Andy had come back? Yeah. But, uh, seeing as things that they intentionally got rid of are coming back, it's not just things they lost, you'd think a bunch of demons would show up. They actually do worry about that. They're like, wait, did we lose, quote-unquote, every single demon that we, uh... Natalie got killed around here, right? Is Natalie going to come back? But the guy, the freeze wears off on Tom, and uh, Prue comes up and she's like, ooh, I'm going to interrogate you. We're going to have sexy interrogation time. And he's like, look, I'm a demon now. I like to kill people. Killing people is my thing. So you're going to vanquish me, or are you going to let me go so I can go kill more people? He also claims that he's not a human, that he's a demon, and he's always been a demon. And she's like, um, we boned, so I know that's a lie. We went to college together. Come on. Come on. He's like, no, I was always a demon. And then she's like, she shows him his yearbook picture. She's like, could a demon do this? (laughs) And he's like, look, look, okay, look, we don't have to go down happy memory fun time zone. I'm a demon and you're a witch, so you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you. And like, come on, let's just do one of the two. And Prue's like, no, I'm not giving up on you yet. Then she telekinetically loosens his bonds so that he'll be able to escape. And goes back downstairs where everything is being found again. I love how there's just like a giant beach umbrella in the kitchen. It's fun. It's a fun thing. And... Piper's like, hmm, I wonder if demons that we lost will come back. Huh, Phoebe? Are there any demons that we are particularly worried about coming back? And Prue's like, we don't have time to rehash the stupid Cole thing. Cole is dead, gone forever. We don't need to worry about Cole anymore. Uh, Piper also is holding, when they come downstairs, two thermoses. Hmm. Thermi. Um, two identical thermoses that presumably they had as children. Which just made me think about Phoebe Buffet from Friends and how her whole thing with her sister was the, that... The Judy Jetson Thermos. The Judy Jetson Thermos. I, I wonder if somebody had that in the back of their head when they got that prop set. There's this great bit where Daryl's just looking at the cabinets as they're starting to fill up with more and more missing glasses and they're just pushing the other glasses to the side. It's this great little bit where he, he kind of he looks at it, he shakes his head and he's like, oof. And then he walks out, and I'm like, God, I love Daryl. I wish we got more Daryl in this show. This episode is, like, definitively filler, but this scene is charmed at its best. And then they leave, because they, they, Prue, let Tom escape so that they could follow him to the Demon Academy? Okay. Question mark? Okay, it's an office in an office building that has... An elevator that goes down to a wrestling rink in, like, Hell's Waiting Room. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, Mark, Paul. Tom? Tom. Tom uh, goes to Ron Perlman. He's like, I would have killed that lady, but witches. And Ron Perlman's like, hey, shut up. 
Remember that guy from earlier, the guy who I expositioned at about, you know, what the Demon Academy is and what we do and how you sign up for it? Well, I'm going to demonstrate what's going to happen to you if you don't kill someone on him. That's right, I kept this guy alive for like a day and a half just so I could demonstrate what happens if you fail. He also says, by the way, I don't care about witches, I care about deadlines. I love that line. <laughs> I mean, Ron Perlman's great. This episode's not really using him at full capacity, but... Yeah, definitely not. So, the Charmed Ones are in the office, but the elevator to the waiting room to hell is not, you know, oot and a boot. So, Piper's like, Phoebe, can you whip up a little more of that witch-foo? And Phoebe's like, uh, sure. Rhyming couplet about making a unseen thing appear, but not the one, you know, not that spell that we use a lot later in the show. And uh, the elevator appears in. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's like, bippity boppity boo, make the elevator do appear. Yeah, her 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 meter is just so awful at all of the spells she wrote this episode, but it's not really a new thing for Charmed. So the the elevator appears, and she's like, "Wow, you're getting pretty good at that." And she was like, "I still don't really have an active power. This is basically all I've got." I really wish they'd leaned onto that more. I mean, I guess she she has the love. I can levitate, which basically means I have a slightly, I not slightly. I have a much worse version of your power, that only applies to me. Yeah. But. So, down in hell, we see a professional wrestler just beating the crap out of the exposition demon. Yeah. Or I guess I guess he's not a demon because he didn't kill his innocent. Yes, the student at the Demon Academy who, I guess, didn't turn in his demon homework or whatever. Oh my god, yes! If you don't turn in your demon homework, a wrestler beats you up. What is this plot? This is... I don't know if it's... Uh... So, wrestling's pretty homoerotic, huh? Yes, that is correct. Because this mostly naked guy in a Speedo is basically just tossing this dude around a ring. And then he pins him. And then he pins him, and he's all, like, laughing as the guy's wiggling underneath him. And then a pit to hell opens up, and it sucks the... That part's not a normal part of wrestling. Or gay sex, but, you know. Yeah. But he, a pit to hell opens up underneath the pinned guy and sucks the pinned guy to hell but not the wrestler yeah that's this seems like a lot of extra steps to send someone to hell couldn't the elevator have just gone directly to hell but then where would they do this product placement yes so they are they are they are wrestling like the greeks of old you know the ones (laughs) i mean yes it's not helped that this guy has a, a mustache that uh I don't know what they're called. Yeah, the like the mustache that goes down his the, chin like, too long. The reversed horseshoe mustache. Yeah, it's this. It's the mustache I feel like should be called the handlebar mustache, even though it's not. I I see. I see your. I don't know what it's called. But yeah, he has one of those things, and he's like, "Oh well, it's time to kill Burvis." Tom. Joel. Tom. <laughs> yep. So uh, Tom gets in the ring and starts wrestling just as the sisters get down to hell. And they're like, oh, I guess we have to jump in the ring and fight off a bunch of wrestlers to save Tom. And and Phoebe's like, oh, 
so when it's your demon, we're just going to jump into a wrestling ring to save him. But when it's my demon and Prue's like, I know that I've also been bringing up Cole a lot, but it feels like we're bringing up Cole a lot for some reason this episode. Also, Piper is foreshadowing the character she's going to be because she's like, mm, isn't the greater good us living than us dying to save one innocent who's not even really that innocent? Yeah, she's like, he's not even an innocent. Come on, like. There's no point in the three of us sacrificing our lives to save some random dude you knew back in college. And Prue's like, you're being pretty fatalistic, Piper. Come on. But they decide to do it. Piper freezes the the crowd, but not, not Ron Perlman, who throws, like, a blade ball at Tommy. Okay, okay, okay. I know you haven't seen the movie Phantasm. That's correct. But these are literally the balls that the thin man uses to kill people in the movie Phantasm. Which is such a weird extra thing. The guy who runs the academy that turns human people into demons and punishes them when they don't do their demon homework by having wrestlers wrestle them into hell also throws the same... From Phantasm. Yes, the Phantasm murder balls. What? What? So, so basically, the ball is just like floating in the air with a with a knife to Tom's throat, so that they can. Yes, everyone was frozen but him because those par those witchy parlor tricks of yours may work on the students of Demon Academy and the wrestlers, I guess, but not me, the mistress of all evil. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know it's a thing. Upper-level demons can fight off the freeze or not get frozen at all. Like, But that shouldn't be a thing. They're it, the charmed ones! I mean, you know what? I bought it when it was the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. But that they were the Horsemen of the Apocalypse! This guy is basically the Dean Pelton of demons! Wow, I was going to say the, the Mrs. Wormwood, but Ms. Wormwood? Miss Wormwood? The Trunchbull, I'm sorry, God. Oh. I, I mixed up my Roald Dahl books. This guy's basically the Trunchbull, but Dean Pelton is harsh. <laughs> You're being harsh there, but yes. Uh. So, Ron, Ron Perlman approaches the sisters and he's like, so, let's talk. And then we, uh... Yeah, then we cut to the police station where Leo orbs in and Daryl is like, Stop doing that magical shit! Just walk in the front door! Also, you know, there's usually more people here, right? Like, did you magically sense that I was the only person in this particular room? Because it seems kind of like you're being fairly laissez-faire with the whole magic secrecy thing. But Leo's like, oh cool, are those the folders on Tom or whoever? Bye! <laughs> yep, and then he just orbs right out. And Daryl's like... Daryl's like, I hate my life now. Awful. Awful. So, Ron Perlman is going to let the girls fight for... Well, he tells them, he's like, look, you can, you know, you can just leave. We don't need to do a whole thing. That guy, he's basically a demon right now. He is lost to you. And, you know, Bruce's like, wait, I thought that the reason you killed the other guy was because you were mad he wasn't becoming a demon fast enough because you had a quota, but you're going to kill Tom, but you don't want us to save Tom because he's almost all demon, but you're going to kill him, what? And Ron Perlman's like, look, 
if you want to save him, you can go into the ring and you can wrestle for Tom's life. But uh, also, this guy's basically already a demon, so you can just leave. That's an option that's open to you. We also Piper convinces him of this by fr- that that this is what they're gonna do. By freezing Tom and being like, and I'm not going to unfreeze him until we do all this, and if you kill me, then he'll stay frozen forever. Why Why would he... He was going to kill Tom. Why would he care that Tom's not going to become a demon in time? He was literally going to have... This wrestler throw him into hell. Yeah. So, yeah, they're like... It's very greased up, mostly naked man. Mm-hmm. God, wrestling's weird. <laughs> Sorry, how does it not have a bigger gay fan base? I uh, mean, my understanding is that it does. I I know a lot of gay people who are into wrestling, yes, but it's it's weird because it, it feels like such the domain of mostly straight people, mostly straight men. Um, other than that guy from that story I told you mm. at the beginning of this episode, everyone I know who is into wrestling is queer in some way, but then. Most people I know are, so that might not be a... <laughs> Confirmation bias thing. Yeah, yeah. So... So, they're getting ready to fight the the demon wrestlers, and... Only two of them for some reason? I... whatever. Piper's but, like, you know what? I'm out. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Even though it, it definitely is. But Phoebe's like, hey, since uh, we might die, I don't want to die without you knowing that I totally betrayed you, Prue. I need to let you know about Cole. I didn't kill Cole. Cole's still alive. And Prue's like, what? And then Ron Perlman's like, hey, look, more professional wrestlers. It's weird that they established this one professional wrestler guy just to bring in two other professional wrestling guys. And the guy, one of the new guys has a speech about how he's the bringer of pain and he's the master of pain he's going to teach them the meaning of the word pain well he's like shouting it into the camera it's the kind of thing that they do in wrestling matches yeah it's a it's a promo i think is what they're called in wrestling matches where but Alyssa milano is i believe the term is breaking kfab or if you're just uh if you're just an actor breaking because she looks like she's having so much trouble taking this seriously. It, it well, cuts... she is. She is not alone. It cuts the sisters while he's doing that. You know, I'm. I'm gonna make you eat pain, and then you're gonna poop pain, and I'm the pain master, and I got my certificate from Pain University. And the other wrestlers just standing there and grunting for some reason. I guess they didn't want to pay him for lines, or maybe that's maybe his that's gimmick. His, yeah, maybe that's part of his character. But. Alyssa Milano is like, we're doing this. <laughs> Just her face is so great. And I like that they're not trying to make her play this straight at all. Like, because Prue's like, oh no, we're going to have to fight these guys. And, and Phoebe's like, okay, okay, I guess this is what we're doing this week. Okay, so you mentioned Phoebe's power earlier. So uh, here, Prue is able to use her telekinesis to essentially do everything that Phoebe can do with her levitating power except more yeah because she like the two new wrestlers that they have to wrestle to win brian his freedom tom tom uh prue like flies into the ring and then she's like fly kicking and she's just whizzing through the air and phoebe's like pow punch pow kick i'm 
not I guess I guess they didn't fit me for wire work today. <laughs> it, also, apparently their witch powers are weaker here, which is why Prue's just not normal using her telekinesis. I don't know. Oh, also the Ron Perlman throws one of those blade balls into Piper so that she dies and is like, up oh, Tom's unfrozen, called your bluff. I mean, we could have done that whole thing, right? I, whatever, I, I don't know, so, <laughs> Ron Perlman's like, okay, we're gonna take you to kill your mom, Tom, Tom, it's time for some mom murder, and then he, he daps the wrestler with the mustache, yeah, who just, good. who just wanders off in some random direction, and they, and we just get a shot of, of Piper lying in the ground with the ball blade in her back, honestly, this is like, unintentionally funny it's not trying it's it's funny in ways it's not trying to be and it's uh, it's kind of cringe you know what i think i'm gonna have some segments so the two wrestlers managed to pin phoebe and prue because despite prue whizzing all through the air they're still like a fifth of the size of these dudes Mm -hmm. so they've pinned the uh they pin the girls and the little portal to hell opens but then Prue's like, wait, Phoebe, what if we use teamwork? Teamwork makes the dream work. And they kind of just roll out of being pinned. And then they hold hands and do a flying spinning kick thing. Mm-hmm. And then the two of them jump on top of the wrestlers and the hell pit opens again. And I'm like, oh my God, how could, look at these tiny, tiny women. They on are top so of- tiny. Oh, and then the pits open up and the wrestlers go to hell in some terrible CGI. And they're like, ah, and do you think the wrestling program or whatever that they were on had them have to crawl back out of hell? Isn't that a th- sort of... That would have been amazing. I don't know if they did that. I hope they did. So they're like, oh no, we better get Piper to Leo like right oh, now so we can save her. Oh no, Piper's really, really hurt. And I'm sorry, I'm adding this to the Piper death count. Oh yeah, she's dead. Like, I want to keep track of this because I... Uh, I know someone on our Facebook page said, because we said that it feels like Piper dies more than the other sisters, and someone on our Facebook page told us that all of the sisters have died an equal amount except for Prue, but her stuck, so. Hmm. But I feel like Piper's already way ahead of the curve. I'm counting this. I'm sorry. I know they're like, Leo, because Leo's hanging out in the office, and he's like, you didn't leave the elevator open for me. And I, I, I couldn't, I could sense that you were in this general room, but I couldn't really find where you were. And they're like, Piper's really hurt, and I'm like, she's not really hurt. She got a knife in the back of the skull. She's in the back of the spine, like the, the back of like that's got a, that that punctured a lung. I mean, she was dead. This wasn't an injured thing. This was a dead thing. So, uh, she died of that fruit disease. So that's one, and this is two. Yes. So two for Piper. Yes. And Prue died to fight the Poltergeist, but I think that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's three for Piper because Piper died in the time loop. Although Phoebe died twice in the time loop, but I don't think she died outside of the time loop at the end of season one. Mm. So twice for Phoebe, three times for Piper, and once for Prue, when she cast that spell that temporarily killed her so that she could fight the Poltergeist, right? Is there another Prue death I'm missing? Oh, I can't think of any more, but I'm not certain. 
So Leo heals Piper, and she's like, oh, wow, yeah, that sucked. So while he's healing her, he tells Phoebe and Prue that the elders think that the way to take out Ron Perlman is for one of his students to turn against him. And I guess nobody who wrote this has ever been in academia? You're telling me none of his students have ever turned against him? Seriously, seriously, come on. But Piper's fine. She, she sits up and she hugs Leo and she's like, wow, that sucked. Thanks, boyfriend. Hug, fiance. Fiance. So, um, gee, how are we going to get Tom to turn on Ron Perlman, who's trying to make him kill his mom right now? I have no idea. So, Daryl goes up to Tom's mom and he's like, hey, I need to put you in protective <laughs> custody because your son is definitely going to try to murder you. Daryl's just like, I am itching to arrest someone. And Tom's mom is like, my son's, al my son's alive and well. And Daryl's like, I feel like you got the wrong thing out of the thing I just said, but fine. So Daryl brings her to the Hallowell Manor. And the, the familiar Rasputin is like barking up a storm because there's obviously bad shit going down. I guess he probably is their familiar because Kit, or Grams is familiar, because Kit was their familiar and she was also supposed to warn them about demon activity when she felt like it. Right. It's probably why cats are ironically not good familiars. <laughs> oh, so Ron Perlman just strides into the house and I know they wanted him to come there so that they could kill him and like do everything, but it's just another, like, you have no protections in this house. What is even happening with this house? He just strolls in. He doesn't even, like, bang the door down. He just opens it. So he's like, hey, Tom, kill your mom for us now. And Tom throws a fireball at his mom, but Daryl pulls her out of the way. And Prue telekinetically shoves Ron Perlman into... God, they have to spend so much time fixing... Uh... That's why Piper is marrying the handyman. Yeah. But... <laughs> But Prue, Prue tosses him off the way and she's like, Tom, I know you don't want to actually kill your mom. He threw a fireball at her. Then Ron Perlman throws another one of those ball blades at her. And is like, hey, just all you have to do is just give it a little push. Just push it into her. And he's like, wait, I love my mom. And he takes the ball blade and throws it into Ron Perlman. Hmm. Okay, so then a bunch of weird CGI ghost things. Um, not ghosts. Lost souls. Oh, yeah, because... Okay, so... Because uh, the finding spell. So some lost souls... Lost souls show up and they disappear Ron Perlman's corpse? Honestly, it looks like a really cheap version of what happens to... Um... Uh, the the bad guy at the end of Ghost. I just... Tom killed him. That was all you needed. What's this weird thing with lost souls showing up to drag him to hell? Um, it's a remnant of what should have been its own episode. Well, whatever. Also, shouldn't the lost souls have shown up in the wrestling arena? That's presumably where they were lost. Oh, no, I think these are just random lost souls. These are people Grams killed. Right? These are all of Grams' <laughs> old boyfriends. Hey, hey, hey. Husbands. Oh, so, yeah, everything is, everything's good now. The Tom is a human, and... And he's gonna go back to live with his mom because 
the demons wiped out all of his debts before, you know, all of this went down. So, okay, whatever. Prue's wearing a very odd shirt. It's fine. It's like white lace shirt that like, it's fine. She's like, hey, Leo, Piper, why don't you go out on a real person date? And they're like, you know what? We are going to go out on a real person date. Bye. And then Phoebe symbolically burns her finding lost things spell because she doesn't want to find Cole anymore. And Prue asks if she's going to keep her hair brown. And Phoebe says, no, I've learned that some things are better off lost. Ugh. Also, she's... Okay, she's got her hair in these, like... Uh, what, what do you call those, like, ball things the two ball pigtails i guess i guess they are buns I, I i thought there was like a specific word for that hairstyle but i i don't know i, I mean i think you might be thinking of shivam but that's not what that is no oh okay well honestly i feel like with all the hair dye they just they really fried Alyssa milano's hair this week and that's why it looks like it looks mm. so she tells prue she's like oh you were right about tom and i was wrong about cole and again i will remind you we have no evidence that she was wrong about Cole. Yeah, notice that after she, you know, didn't kill him, he disappeared for quite some time. Like, he hasn't shown up to try to kill them. I mean, granted, he tried to kill them a bunch before they were serious, but... Eh. And then Prue's all like, Look, I'm not mad at you for not vanquishing Cole. I'm mad at you for lying to us, which is itself a big lie. Oh, yeah, because then she launches into this thing about how, like, Cole is a giant threat to all of them. As long as he's alive, none of them are safe. And then the episode ends. Well, and then... And then Phoebe's like, but what am I supposed to do? And then the episode ends. Which, weird, sudden tone shift there, but fine. Okay, so, I know we spent a lot of time ragging on this episode. And again, I want to reiterate, I don't think it's particularly bad. It's just not very good. It's not particularly anything, and I think that's the problem. Or that's the problem I have with it. Also, the wrestling stuff just doesn't do it for me. It's weird. It's it's one of those things where I'm like, if you had gone more in one of any of these directions, mm-hmm. fine. Like, if you had been like, look, there's a demon wrestling ring where people burn off their humanity. Or look, there's a program people enroll in and just have the wrestlers there as guys and don't have them actually wrestle people. Don't so, have them exist as wrestlers who work for an academy? What? Okay, so you know what would have been awesome is if Ron Perlman had been, like, a Dave Ramsey-type figure who was like, I can get you out of debt. Yeah. Like, that That would have... Oh, man. Oh, I want to see that now. Or focus more on the finding things thing and have it start out as a light comedic episode and then have it turn into this thing about Phoebe, you know lying to her sisters right and and like have the episode come in with her actually using the spell to find cole oh whatever oh you know i said next week the episode was death takes a hallowell i don't know why i thought that that episode isn't until episode 16 so we're actually next time talking about bride and gloom oh my god is this the wedding episode no it not 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 leo and piper's wedding this episode is a warlock tricks Prue into marriage in an effort to steal the Book of Shadows. Okay. Which is funny because we literally just had an episode with Prue being in love with a demon, so whatever. God, she's really burning through the one-off love interest this season, which I know I keep bringing up, but they keep doing it. 
There's a reason I keep bringing up how Prue does not have anything consistent this season. They didn't know what to do with her. So, speaking of the power of three, we have our own personal power of three. Let's look at the first of the powers in our pack. Uh, Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous later? Ron Perlman! It's Ron Perlman. You know him from stuff. He was Hellboy. He, he was, was the Beast from Beauty and the... Vincent from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, the live-action Beauty and the Beast TV show, but not the one with uh, Kirsten Kruick. Yes, he was the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was Hannibal Chow in uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, you know this guy. He's been in stuff. You know him, you love him. He's the weird Rush Limbaugh XP in Blast Supper. That movie I showed you where the liberal college students start killing people. Yes. That, uh, that was a weird movie. So, yeah, he's, he's a, god, he, and he was good in his scenes, he just feels so wasted in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's a weird thing to put him in an episode where you're wanting to promote this professional wrestler synergy, because he's going to be weirdly overshadowed by the professional wrestlers but also like he's a much better actor than them so yeah it's, it's a weird it was a weird decision but also some wrestlers professional wrestlers were in this episode i don't know who any of them are but i'm assuming that they were famous yes same i think scott steiner might have been one of, I, I don't i don't know any wrestling things but some famous people from a defunct wrestling company that was the joke i made earlier in the episode which i'm not sure worked where i said it was a funked it was a no longer funked but well, i'm not cutting it because i mentioned it again i'm just saying like i don't think the wrestling organization that uh they were part of exists anymore i feel like all wrestling is just sort of owned by wwe i don't know if that's true though i think that's true now yeah like i feel like there used to be a bunch of different companies but now they all kind of fall under that umbrella i don't know how true that is i know a bunch of people uh, I follow on Twitter a bunch of my mutuals, like, the elite. So I guess the elite are people. I don't know. Uh, the next power in our pack is Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode for you? I mean, uh, you, you go. I feel like mine's the obvious one. Okay, when we see Ron Perlman's office, he has one of those blue clear desktop max oh my god oh my god i haven't thought about one of those in forever where the whole thing was contained within the monitor yeah yeah that was my that was my time freeze i saw that and i was like oh my god even the demons had those max you're very popular we had one that was like one of my no i, I think that was my first computer hmm. but uh mine was this kind of very specific professional wrestling i mean professional wrestling in general and this is when they were crossing over with everyone i think uh freddy krueger showed up in some wrestling thing chucky definitely did chucky's doll yeah just like put a bucket on top of him that that's always my things with the it's always my thing with the with the movies but i heard the new tv show is actually pretty good but um I don't know. I've, I've watched a fair few of the movies, but uh, it's the same thing with, like, Ash versus the Evil Dead, where I've heard some good things about the TV show, but I don't know. It, it 
it feels like you should just kind of leave this sort of thing alone after a while. Okay, on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, I have a lot more love for Evil Dead than I do for Child's Play, so. Or, if you're gonna do it, like, I watched the first couple seasons of the Scream TV show, and I'm like, I feel like they did a really good job capturing the spirit of the movies while not feeling like it had to be part of the movie universe. See, I love the first two Scream movies, and the third one was such a disappointment, I honestly haven't been able to take in any more Scream media. So I believe that will take us to our third segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Nothing. Okay, I don't have telekinesis. But you have one of our secret secondary powers. Okay, so I have two of our secret secondary powers. Really? You have both astral projection, what was so embarrassing it made you want to physically leave your body. The entire wrestling sequence! The entire wrestling sequence was embarrassingly poorly uh, blocked. I just, I, oh, I hated it. I hated having to watch it. Well, the thing is, I feel like wrestling doesn't really mix with the more, you know, flippy, kicky. Mm, yeah, it, it's a much more fighting. like visceral, like guys and 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 just man meat slamming into man meat. Yeah, yeah. But for my levitation, which is something that was just totally awesome, is the lost things coming back scene. That was really cool. That was cool. It was it was charmed as it should be. I know that there's a uh, there's kind of some overlap between uh, telekinesis, what genuinely moved you in levitation, what made you go fuck yeah, but they they are different. They're similar, but they are different. Yeah, because I wasn't moved. I just thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I believe that'll about do it for this week. I think that will do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook page, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Mm-hmm.